you for listening to this week's edition of the Steve Place Podcast, presented by com, the home of the underdog. We want to remind you, visit Drugamac.com, which is the greatest site out there. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition, a long time edition. It has been a while since we've been back uh, to Sneaky Plays Podcast. I'm here with the birthday boy today, uh, Chris Morris. Morris, how you doing? Not bad. You know, not the uh, not the way I would have drawn up my 25th birthday, but, you know, it's kind of got to roll with the punches these days in this quarantine world we're living in. So just camping out here at the, uh, at the folks' residence with the family. Uh, having some beers and trying to enjoy uh, enjoy the birthday best I can. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can really do at this point. Uh, you know, we're still in a, as a country and a world in this big crisis and hoping sooner and later we'll get back to normal and see some sports that we've all been missing. You know, baseball season should have been here. I should be watching Yankees every night. You're probably watching the Phillies every night, but – we got 30 games into the season by now. Yeah, I mean, we've been, what, a month and a week almost probably, right? Yeah. yeah. Balls deep in NBA playoffs too. Yeah. I mean, it's just – NHL. It's a, even though I yeah. don't really watch hockey, but I do watch the playoffs. I was just trying to get into the Flyers. They actually were good this year. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully <laughs> hopefully that stuff starts to return eventually. I know baseball's got a plan at some point, hoping to come back in end of June, maybe July. But we'll see. But we did get a sense of normalcy last week when the draft, the NFL draft happened, um, and we'll break that down a little bit in a little bit later. But before we start, uh, we want to talk about the off season because we've been gone so long we haven't been able to talk about any of that. So let's just start with the big one: uh, Brady leaves the Patriots, Gronk comes out of retirement. They both go to the Bucks. What do you think about? them on the Bucks, do you think they'll be good? Um, and what do you think the Patriots will do with their QB situation? As we know, there are a few QBs out there and Cam Newton and Andy Dolan recently who just got released. And do you think they'll sign one of them or do you think they'll stick with Jarrett Stidham? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's crazy that, you know, this happened like, you know, a month and a half ago. But, you know, nothing else has really been going on. and We yeah. haven't really talked about it. So. But – I mean, I I like the move for Brady personally. I know that some people, you know, they think he's just a system quarterback, which, you know, it's hard to argue that he hasn't been because he's been in one system for 20 years and it's brought him great success. And clearly, you know, he's not, you know, the uber-talented, you know, athletic, super-arm-strength quarterback that we see in guys like Aaron Rodgers, you know, Pat Mahomes, you know, even guys like Brett Favre and Peyton Manning before him, you know, had, had superior physical skills. Um, and, you know, Brady's big, you know, his his main point of success was the fact that how clutch he was and they built a system entirely around him and it was able to let him flourish, you know, similar to kind of Drew Brees. I kind of put them in the same boat. Obviously, Brady's the ultimate winner. So, you know, he'll surpass Brees in terms of, of legacy rankings. But I do I still think Tom could be more than just assistant quarterback. And I think that you know, the lack of weapons on the outside there in New England the last couple of years, especially last year with no Gronk even, and you got, you know, rookies like Nikhil Harry and a banged up older Edelman and, you know, Philip Dorsett and guys like this and, you know, tight ends who's no, who no one's ever heard of. I think that, you know, that really did play a big a big factor. He's clearly not what he used to be, you know. he's not He doesn't have the arm strength he used to be. Not that he was ever, you know, 
extremely mobile or anything, but he even doesn't quite move like he used to. So his skills still are diminished, you know, at age 42, 43, like that's going to happen. But I still think if you put him in, you know, a Bruce Arians offense, one of the better offensive lines in the league, surrounded by, you know, 2,000 yard plus receivers, two studs and Godwin and Evans. Um, and, you know, with the trade for Gronk, it's, I love what Gronk did. I mean, personally, just as a, as a Patriot and Boston fan and hater, you know, just retiring and then seeing Tom go elsewhere. He's like, all right, I'm back. You know, just drop the hat just like that. Uh, I just love smiting them. But, yeah, I mean, who, I, I, I'm a little bit more skeptical on what he can give to you. Um, I mean, certainly he'll build his body back up. Um, and, you know, I mean, he can, he can give you something for sure because he's just familiar with Brady. Um, and they have that going for them. But, I, I mean, he's not going to be the old Gronk of, you know, five, six years ago, one of the best tight ends in the league. I don't think anyone's expecting that. But the familiarity will play a factor. And I think with Arians and those two stud receivers, I like the move. I mean, I think that I'm not going to sit here and say they're a Super Bowl contender right now because, I mean, they, they've still never really played a full uh, a game together with this nucleus. But I, I do like the core that they have. And I still think Brady's got some left in the tank. And I think he's he's a psycho ultra competitor that's got something to prove. And, I mean, I could, I do think they're going to be a playoff team this year. Hopefully, cross our fingers if we have a season. But I, I do like them to make the playoffs. I'm not going to say Super Bowl or anything like that. But I, I don't see them being, you know, just a middle-of-the-road eight-win team. I do think this makes them better. I see them as a 10, possibly 11-win team, making the playoffs and possibly making some noise when that time comes. Um, and as for the Patriots standpoint, I mean – nobody none of us really know much you know about Jared Stidham long term I and mean, we all watched him at Auburn you know he kind of had some moments he had some flashes I remember him beating Bama in the Iron Bowl a couple of years ago um but then he kind of he, he fell off a little bit this, this the following season um wasn't an ultra high draft pick um and you know his limit, limited playing time last year you couldn't really get a sense of what he could be um but it sounds like I mean I, I suppose they could scoop up Dalton with that news of him being released uh, just yesterday. But, I mean, I, in my mind, that doesn't really move the Patriots much closer. I think they overachieved a little bit in general last year. I think they had a really soft schedule early half of the season. Um, you know, their defense just fed off of crap quarterbacks. Their defense is still good, but that offense, and it's really – it's lack of explosiveness showed itself later in the year. You know, their only real effective way to score and move the ball sometimes is using trick plays and misdirection. This wasn't the Patriots of old where they could just line up and, and move the ball down your throat. So, And they haven't really up, upgraded the skill position guys enough. I mean, sure, I mean, Sony Michelle and Nikhil Harry, I guess they could get better, but are those really long-term viable studs? Like, no, probably not. Um, so I see this as a transition year for the Pats. I mean, even if they sign one of those one of those veterans, um, you know, to, play, to compete with Stidham or they give the job just to Stidham, I think you're looking at probably around a 500 team. Maybe they squeak into the playoffs now that there's seven teams in each conference that make it. Um, but they could do that. But I see it as a transition year, and and maybe next year Bill goes after his possible franchise guy. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I think as a business decision, I think Tom Brady made the, the right choice. I mean, he's getting paid. I think this whole contract is guaranteed. Uh, and after years and years and years of giving a hometown discount, to the Patriots, you know, doing so they can get better players, you know, eventually they had Moss, they had Wes Welker, all these guys that they needed to sign. I think that it's a good business decision for him. As for the Bucks, I just don't know how much he's got left in the tank. Do I think he has a little bit left? I do. But the arm strength, I just don't think is there anymore. You know, he's got some good receivers, right, in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But I just don't know how – 
how much he's going to be able to, you know, he's not going to be a guy who's going to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. And that's a, kind of like a Bruce Arians offense. Um, they have no running back. I mean, you want Peyton Barber. I mean, they have nothing. They don't <laughs> have, it's, it's not like it was in New England where you had James White who can throw all those check downs to all those, you know, cross the field passes. And Sony Michelle, who, yeah, he did have uh, not the greatest season last year, but his rookie season, he, you know, he played well. Um, so there's no really run option there. So I don't just, I'm very skeptical of him throwing the ball, you know, 35, 40, even more times a game. I just don't think he can solely win games anymore with his arm. And I don't know. I, I don't agree that there'll be a playoff team. I think they'll be on the cusp, but I think there'll be one short. Maybe, you know, I still think it's the Saints division. I know they've expanded the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons step up because I know they're injured every year. Oh, I know really? every year they're hurt. They lose. I mean, those guys, they get hurt and they're they out. They always start like one and six and then they like end on a decent note, but like they just take themselves such a hole. Yeah, and, and those guys, I mean, the last two years, they've lost big pieces on defense, yeah. uh, you know, safeties, cornerbacks, whatever, and they've lost them for the year. I still think they're a quality team, and I think the Bucks are competing really with them to get to the playoffs. As for Gronk, I love what Gronk did. I agree with you. Uh, I think he's tired of Belichick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's, not, it's clear and obvious that what his intentions and his motives were throughout this whole thing. Yeah, I, I just think he rather he doesn't want to be the guy who has to who, who gets told, oh, you have to be at practice at six a.m. tomorrow. You can't go out and party on a Sunday night after a win. Um, you know, that's just my opinion on him. I don't know how much he'll bring you. I think the injuries will stack up against him in a in a long season, sixteen sixteen game season, and when they eventually move to seventeen or eighteen games, I forget what it is, but uh, I think when they eventually move to that extra game. I don't know really how much he's going to give you. I just think he's he's old news at this point, in my opinion. Um, I get it's big, you know, all those years in New England, he was a big tight end. Uh, but I know I would I would love to be proved wrong because I do enjoy watching Gronk play. Um, as for the Patriots, I hope they sign one of them, whether it's Andy Dalton or Cam Newton. I do not want to see Jared Stidham going out there every week. I just don't think he's yeah. – you be, uh, you know, as an NFL fan, I think it's good when the Patriots are competitive. Obviously, everybody hates them. Uh, whether you hate all Boston sports like you do, like I do, uh, or you just hate the Patriots, um, you know, they. I think, but I do think it's good for the NFL when they are competitive. Um, so I do hope they sign one of these two guys. I don't know who will be. If they do, I mean, from what what I've read. They are solely fine with sticking with Jared Stidham. And they got Brian Hoyer. Who knows? I know Brian Hoyer had flashes with the Browns and different teams. Um, but we'll see. You know, I think this year, and I'll go on record on May 1st, and Tino will make this happy. Uh, I hope this makes Tino happy. And the Jets will win the AFC East next year. Oh, my God. The Jets. Snapping the hell. When's the last time the Jets made the playoffs? Gotta be a decade uh, now. Last year, I said, you know, when we did the previews, yeah, that the you, Jets, you thought they were gonna be a playoff team last year. I, I thought they that. would be a wild card team, and I mean, if, <laughs> if, if Sam if Sam Darnold doesn't get caught in Hoboken or wherever the hell he parties, kissing kissing all different people and get Amano, who knows? But you know, I do think this year is the year that they will break through to the playoffs. 
you know, whether it's, and I do think this year is the year they win the AFC East. <laughs> you are optimistic about this Jets, man. Always have been. Always been a Jets optimist. Uh, I mean, I think it's the Bills division to lose, honestly. I think with what they did last year, I'm still not a huge Josh Allen guy. I'm not sold, but he did make improvements last year. He did lead a team to the playoffs. They do have a good young defense. They got some studs on that side of the ball. They added Stephon Diggs. I like Singletary, too, as a young running back. I think that's the team that, that at least for next year, is going to take that step and kind of assume the role of the class of the division. Um, I just think the Jets still have too many holes. I like the Joe Douglas hire. The hire, you know, he was Howie Roseman's right-hand man here in Philly. And, you know, after our draft, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But I might want Joe Douglas back in charge because I don't know what the hell he's doing. But, um, no, I, that's a good hire. And, you know, their draft kind of, you know, it was indicative of, of how, you know, the Eagles built their team and built success. You know, you kind of build in the trenches first, then you build up the skill positions outside of that. Um, so I, I thought the Jets had a pretty good draft. Um, they took back in the first round. I was a good pick um, because, you know, they, I mean, they've had line issues the last few years and Le'Veon's still there. It doesn't, I mean, you can't get out from under that contract now. So if you're going to, you know, get anything out of him, you need to have people in front of him block for him. Um, so I think the division as a whole will be improved. And I even like what the Dolphins did. I mean, they acquired all those assets. They went out and signed Byron Jones. I mean, Tua, I still love Tua's talent and upside. We just have no idea with his health, but, I mean, the AFC East, it's all – all those teams kind of look like they're on the come up, and the Patriots got to respond because I agree with you. I don't see Jared Stidham as a long-term option. I mean, we watched him at Auburn and even limited time last year. It's just I, – I don't think – I think he's a he's a lifetime backup. Um, maybe he strikes, you know, lightning in a bottle with Belichick, but I think that's far-fetched. So, the Pats, that's why I think if they're really going to roll into the year with that, or even it's Dalton, I think it's a transition year until they get their next guy. Um, I don't see them really making much noise this year. I, I've got, I'm going to go with the Bills to win that division um, just because the fact that they made the playoffs last year, and I think that they have the most ready most ready talent to win now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think all those teams could be could have a step up. So we'll break away from kind of the Patriots and Brady. Go to the next big news. I think it was the biggest news is Jameis Winston, who got eye surgery, LASIK surgery. Uh, and, and now he can see and read license plates and street signs and all these things, which is kind of scary to think about considering, you know, he's thrown so many touchdowns and whatnot, you know, four or five years. Pretty much. 30 for 30. I, I mean, it sounds like he's been blind the last few years playing quarterback. <laughs> so, but he goes to the Saints. He goes to the Saints on a one year deal. And, um, He's going to play backup, obviously, but do you think it's a good choice for him? And do you think this leads to another contract from the Saints after Breeze calls it quits? Um, I think it's a it's a good move by the Saints. I mean, you know, they've kind of had a proven track record of this now with Bridgewater. I mean, he clearly got better there. Um, he did a very good job last year with them when when he stepped in for Breeze getting injured. Um, I think he won. I think he won like all of his starts. I mean, you know, he didn't start a ton of games, but he started. You know, I think it was probably four or five games, and he won them all. Um, played pretty well and parlayed that into a big into a big deal with the Panthers. So I mean, we'll see how that goes. But I could see something similar happening with Jameis. I mean, you get him in Sean Payton's system, um, which clearly one of the better offensive minds in the league, backing up Breeze for you know at least this year. We, I mean, I think Breeze is probably playing two years more max, um, and this could be his last year. So, and, you know, I don't know if what they think about Taysom Hill as a long-term quarterback, but um, yeah, I mean, 
clearly they've, they've got a proven track record of developing guys. Um, I mean, you can't do much worse than 30 interceptions in a season. Um, <laughs> and it can only help you to learn under Drew and Drew and Sean Payton. So I like the move of the Saints. And I like it for Jameis. Um, I think it's actually better than, you know, Jameis going to, you know, I don't know who, who else is quarterback needy out there. I mean, I guess the Dolphins for for like a bridge year to Tua or um, the Pats. I guess the Pats, yeah. But even the Pats, like I think, I think that would actually uh, Jameis would give Belichick a heart attack. We we be in Bill's team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill would Bill would not survive with Jameis. I mean, he couldn't do it. So that I'm not surprised it didn't happen. But I like it for both sides. I mean, why not? You know, as a backup, it's okay. Um, develop him for you know, let him sit and groom in your system he can learn from you know the best of the best and you know maybe maybe he ends up assuming the role maybe they feel he's ready in a year or two to actually you know that he's improved and think he's ready to be a starting quarterback again yeah i mean i like the move that they you know signed Jameis. and i i do like it for Jameis also i do like that he's betting on himself trying to get better at the position of quarterback and you know hopefully i do think this is going to lead to a long-term deal with with the saints you know, because the Saints don't want to have to go. Look, and I'll get into it later. You don't want to be a team that needs a quarterback and has to look for a quarterback in the draft. And I think Jameis is more of a capable um, quarterback to play at the end of belt. We've seen it for years. You know, granted his decisions, whatnot, who knows with the eye surgery, if it's going to help him. Uh, but I do think this is going to eventually lead to the Saints signing him long-term. And you could very well be seeing the future of the Saints uh, quarterback position with Jameis Winston, which I think would be awesome. He throws the hell out of the ball. Uh, and I think that would just be a great addition to the offensive as he, you know, when he eventually does start for the Saints, if whatever I say, you know, it does come true. Yeah. I mean, it, I just don't know with the Jameis, with the turnover things, I guess that's more fixable than, you know, things like accuracy um, you know, arm strength, you know, you can't really improve those physical straight those physical traits like that. You know, the mental side of the game with the turnovers, theoretically that, that can be improved. You know, you see guys all the time coming to the league and you know, they turn the ball over at a high rate the first year or two, and they get better as time goes. It's just with him, it's like I mean it's five years in now, right? With him. Like, I mean, I yeah. don't I know he's learned, you know, but he was with a good he was with a good offensive mind last year with Bruce Arians, but Part of that Bruce Arians offense is, you know, everything is downfield. So, I mean, he threw for 5,000 yards, which was great, but then you saw the downside of it. You know, he kind of – Bruce wants his quarterbacks to be gunslingers. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a low-risk move. I mean, why not? You know, it doesn't it, – it's not going to affect the Saints either which way. You know, it's really just uh, – the only thing that can come out of it is, is beneficial and, and has the upside for them. So, and Jameis too. I mean, you know. It's better for him to go to to a good system like that than to some, some crap team that just wants him to be a bridge starter and he'll probably be benched by week six anyway. So <laughs> I get it on both ends. Yeah, it just makes sense for both teams or for you know Saints and Jameis Winston. So let's break into you know I'm not going to get into the minor deals that have happened throughout that you know throughout since last we've been on. Um, let's get into the draft. Our teams made some noise, <laughs> and good oh, or yes, bad, uh, you know the Packers. Yes, my my Packers made some noise last Thursday. Your Eagles made some noise last Friday. Uh, but let's start before we get into that. Give me a team that you felt improved the most 
you know, from the draft. Uh, just one team. I don't want to hear, mo- mo- you know, all these teams. And I would hope it's not the Bengals or the Dolphins or the Chargers because I they should improve. Right, they should yeah. improve. Yeah. 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 I, I hate no, when you. Uh, get so give me give me one team that you think improved the most from the draft. Um, that's not yeah. That's not centered around just you know a quarterback the, move. Yeah, the first few picks because yeah. they should get better. They're the best players they can get. So, mm-hmm. I I personally love what Denver did. Um, going double receiver the first two rounds and just declaring like this is what we want to be about. We want to be high octane. We want to be built around speed and athleticism and explosiveness on offense because that's never. I mean. Yeah, I guess Denver was about that, you know, in those in those early Manning days after he left Indy, you know. But by the end of the Peyton era there, I mean, they were a defensive team. And, you know, Peyton, he was noodle arm Peyton Manning throwing ducks left and right. And ever since then, you know, I mean, and even in the years after that, in which they haven't really had much success, um, it's really always been on the offense. I mean, their defense has been – it's still been pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to say it's – one of the best in the league, but it's still been solid. I mean, you still have Von Miller. You still got some talented players on that side of the ball. So, I mean, to go with, I mean, that's what, that's what's really been holding them back the last few years is offense. And I mean, they're giving Drew Locke, you know, everything in the world now that, you know, he should be capable of rolling with. I mean, I don't know if he's the guy really long-term either, but I know you like him and he did show some good signs last year towards the end of the year, not working with much either. So, I mean, now you, you got Judy Hamler, who they just drafted. Um, to go along with Noah Fan, who they drafted high last year, Cortland Sutton, who I do like as a as a good young player. They still got Philip Lindsay. They signed Melvin Gordon this offseason. Um, so with those top two picks, with with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, I think they're they're I mean they're declaring what they want to be all about. They want to be you know what the Chiefs are that high octane explosive you know speed all around the field type of offense. And I mean that's what they're going to need. That's what they're going to need to compete in that division because. The Chiefs are, I mean, they're clearly the class of the league right now going as, as defending champs next year. And, I mean, they're not going to – no signs of slowing down. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, 12 years old, basically. He's got years and years left to play. So, yeah, I mean, what they did, I, I admire what they did. I think it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, you don't see that often going receiver in rounds one and two. But with how deep and, and you know, how historic this draft really was at the receiver position – um, and, and I like how they draft two kind of different skill sets. You know, Judy's more of the outside guy, the big play guy, um, and Hamler's more of that slot, you know, quick guy, but also can is, is you know, capable of big plays. He was maybe the most explosive receiver in the Big Ten last year, certainly one of them. So I loved, I loved what they did. I think they're really intriguing for me to watch this year. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the Broncos also. I love Drew Locke. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's. I, I think know he's. You, love you have you have been a big Drew Locke guy. Since I think he's. One. I think he's a stud. Uh, it's unfortunate that the, the Broncos got him because the Packers were going to draft him last year. Uh, I think the Broncos got him a pick or two ahead of the Packers, which sucked. Uh, but I do think they they've loaded up. I mean, Melvin Gordon, like you said, you know, granted it's not a draft pick, but he's a stud running back still. You know, especially he sat half the season last year. So what's the point? You know, he's got almost a full season to kind of, again, you know, he's got another season to just do what he's got to do. You know, the wear and tear isn't there. And Jerry Judy, I think he's a stud. Uh, obviously, I, I was very shocked that they were able to get Jerry Judy in the first place. Um, but that they got him, I mean, he's a fantastic receiver. 
and he did it a lot. You know, granted he's an Alabama guy, uh, but I do think he is uh, one of the studs in this. You know, that was drafted, and KJ Hamler, I think, is awesome. I wish somehow the Packers could have gotten him. Obviously, with the position, I like him. Yeah. I like him a lot. You know, I do hate Penn State, but I do think he'll he will be awesome with the Broncos. So they've given they've given Drew Lock the keys to the castle as of now. That's how I look at it. And if he can't get it done, then they're obviously going to go in a different direction in a few years. But I do think at this point, though, it is lock season in Denver. You know, it's coming this coming NFL season. Uh, so my next question is: Was there any first round pick, just first rounds that? shocked you the most and i'm sure that you could oh say my team with the jordan love pick but is there any team that shocked you you know with their draft pick in the first round yeah i mean your team was certainly the, the shocker of round one um the eagles pick really didn't shock me as much i know a lot of people around here were kind of upset you know jordan jefferson on the board um, and going Jalen Rager instead. That really surprised them. That actually didn't shock me a ton. Um, uh, what else really surprised? Well, I mean, CeeDee Lamb falling to Dallas at 17 was pretty surprising, and yeah. that I don't love. Um, I mean, I'm not – I mean, look, we don't – I mean, we don't know for sure who's – I mean, I don't think CeeDee Lamb is Julio Jones or, or Calvin Johnson coming out where it's really can't miss. Like, this guy is going to be a top 10, top five receiver in the league. I don't know if he's like that. I mean, he certainly could be, but I don't think it's as sure of a thing. Um, but still, I mean, any time you put, I mean, a guy like that, who a lot of people projected to go in the top 10, fall to 17, and you pair him with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, who made great strides last year, turned into a 1,000-yard receiver. I mean, any time you have that, it's really, I mean, it's it's scary to think about in the division, those guys, three of them. Um, but they're still the Dallas Cowboys, and they still haven't won jack shit in a quarter century now. So I, I, we have to see it to believe it first for them um, because the Eagles beat them last year for the division at the end of the season with Greg Ward and and a bunch of no-namers playing receiver, and they had all their guys healthy. So I'm not going to buy it with them until I see it, and I still don't love the McCarthy hire. I know you weren't crazy about that either. Um, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a new, fresh voice, but I still have to see all this talent really produce and produce wins and actually do something in the playoffs before I can, you know, be overly afraid of it, I should say. Um, I guess Atlanta, what Atlanta did surprise me a little bit too. They kind of, um, I guess that was, they, they had to pick right before Dallas. They took the corner from Clemson, uh, AJ Terrell. And that was kind of, you know, rumored to be the spot where the Eagles could possibly trade up. You know, they could package the, that first round pick that they had at 21 and the second rounder to move up to 16 and possibly pick Lamb. Um, and I know a lot of people, that's one of the main gripes they have right now with this draft around here. So that also surprised me a little bit that Atlanta would sit there and take him there because I think they could have got him later in the 20s too if they wanted to trade back. Yeah, so for me to shock, I don't wouldn't say it's a shock, uh, you know, that if you're able to grab C.D. Lamb, you grab C.D. Lamb. But for me, I think it's a very big risk because I just don't know how he's going to hold up against NFL cornerbacks. Because if you, I mean, I don't know how much you know college football you watch in Oklahoma, but they've had Baker Mayfield, they have had Jalen Hurts, right? It's the Big Twelve. There's no defense in the Big Twelve. What is it going to be like when he steps foot on the NFL field, and all of a sudden now these cornerbacks and safeties are just 
stronger, faster, you know, they keep up with him and whatnot. I think there's a big question mark. As Dave Seibert would say, you know, he draws a question mark. I really think that CeeDee Lamb is more of a risk than he is uh, this big reward, you know, receiver in the draft. That's just my opinion. Uh, I, but that to me was not the biggest shock, but I am, especially with the type of receivers they already have. And, uh, you know, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I hate him. I, I pick against him every week in DraftKings. What's his name? Who the um on the Cowboys, the receiver. What's his name? I can't uh, remember. Oh, Cooper. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, yeah. I'm very shocked they did go receiver. I figured they would go, you know, maybe, you know, if there was an offensive tackle or somebody, you know, available, I thought they maybe go that position. I honestly thought maybe they would pick Jordan Love because Dak is, you know, in this kind of contract dispute with the Cowboys, and I don't know how much longer he's going to want to be there. So I thought maybe they would pick him. Uh, but the good receiver was kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know how much C.D. Lamb. You know, he, obviously, he's a good talent, but let's see what he does. So let's get into our two teams. <laughs> I'll, get oh, into, I'll get into my team first. Yeah, uh, you, you go first. So the Packers drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Is it a shocker? Yes, it is 100% a shocker. Does it mean he's going to be starting week one in the NFL season in the 2020 if there is a season? No. Does it mean 2021? No. Will he eventually start for the Packers? Yes, he will eventually be a starter for the Packers. Is he getting over Rodgers' position any long, any, anytime soon? No. Is Rodgers eventually going to finish his career with somebody other than the Packers? If he does, then he does. Is it that really that big of a deal? I mean, we've, looked, we've seen Brady. We've seen Manning. Favre, all in the past, you know, decade, finish teams with other, you know, finish their careers with other teams is not a big deal. Yeah. Not a Packers. It's a long anybody. list, especially yeah. recently. I mean, if you want, you want to talk Montana, you want to talk who, other guys. I mean, these guys, look, you go where the money is at that point in your career. You know, if he doesn't finish a Packer, he doesn't finish a Packer. It's not that big of a deal. Jordan Love, look, and I'll be the first to say it. As a Packer fan, we've been spoiled as at the QB position. We went straight from Favre to Rodgers. Granted, Rodgers had a, you know that that year or two where he was just coming back into the league. You know, he's finally a starter. Everything wasn't there, but eventually, you rip off eight straight playoff appearances. You know, three NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. Look, we've been spoiled as Packer fans, but you have to understand this isn't the end of the world. I'm tired of hearing this narrative that. Oh, Rodgers doesn't have weapons around him. Rodgers doesn't have this. Oh, Rodgers will win yeah, five Super Bowls yeah. somewhere else. Look, if you're not, if you weren't, it's very hard to win one Super Bowl. I think there's like 12 teams in the NFL that have but won a Super Bowl ever in their career and their franchise. To win one Super Bowl is a big accomplishment. We don't say this about Breeze. We only say it about Rodgers. Breeze has only won one Super Bowl. Where's the criticism of him? You know? It, it just, I cannot stand it. And for them to say, oh, you didn't draft a wide receiver, we have wide receivers. Alan Lazard, I grant, granted, I know, undrafted free agent, had a great year. Right? I like Lazard. Yeah. He showed some good upside last he year. Had, he had a great year last year, and he's cheap. And I think he'll be perfectly fine and capable. He's probably going to take a step up this year in the offense. I'm glad to see it. Devin Fuentes, they signed him as a free agent, is the guy. 
God? No. Did he have a career year two or three years ago? Yes. Was the quarterback Cam Newton at the time? Yes. Do you think he'll have that with Aaron Rodgers? I sure hope so, and I do think that's going to happen. And we have a top five receiver, in my opinion, Devontae Adams. I don't know what you think about Devontae Adams. No, I, I think Devontae is great. I mean, we could split hairs, hairs here on, you know, who's five, seven, whatever. Yeah, he's, but no he's he's a top five receiver in my book. I would even put him as top three, but that's I, No, I, I'm a big Devontae guy. I think he's I think he's great. He's certainly up there. Class yeah. the best in the league. They and they have weapons. They didn't you know. Would it have been nice to draft a receiver? Yeah, it would have been awesome to draft a receiver. They could have gotten Denzel Mims instead of the Jets. That would have been awesome, right? But there's no. They just didn't need, you know, this stud receiver to come in. They got AJ Dillon in the second round. Jamal Williams is basically out of the offense. He's going to be either a special teams guy or released. Um, AJ. Yeah, Dillon, why is everybody? I got a question for you about that. Like, everyone seems to be writing off Williams. You're just going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Like, I mean, I because so, I kind of liked him last year too. That seems to be the justification for the Dylan. So this is what it is. Both of them were drafted in the same draft class, right? Uh, yeah, they're both going to be Jones free, and Jones, Jones and, Williams, and Jamal right? Williams. Yeah, they're both yeah, going to yeah. be free agents at the end of the year. The I thing think. is that Jamal Williams is going to be gone. They're just not going to yeah. sign him, and they'll throw a boatload of money at Aaron Jones. But the other thinking is, too, which I read recently, is that they really like Aaron Jones in the passing game, right? They really, right, yeah. really enjoy Aaron Jones. They don't want him running the ball 30 times a game. Granny, he's a great uh-huh. runner. They don't want him running the ball 30 times a game. They want him in the pass. He showed – I mean, he was crazy last year in the passing game. He caught a lot of balls, a lot of big balls, you know, going, catching the ball, touchdowns, whatnot. Yeah. That AJ Dillon is your pound. He's gonna, I'm gonna pound the football. Gonna, he was he averaged like 2.8 yards in college in the ACC. I mean, that is good per carry. That is a, a pretty good, you know, for going up against Clemson and different teams like that. Look, AJ Dillon's gonna be the guy. He's gonna be your number two running back. The idea is that they're thinking maybe have something like the Saints had a few years ago in Kamara and Ingram. And um, I see, I see, yeah. I don't know if that's what they're really thinking but that's what i've read is that is the general consensus that they want to go towards something like that and you also don't want aaron jones running the ball 30 times a game getting hurt getting wear, worn down he did, he, take it yeah. he did he was a fifth round pick you know a couple years ago so he was a you know, diamond in a rough that they found but it's it's time that packer fans realize that aj Dillon is a stud and he will be fine Jamal Williams, as much as I love Jamal Williams, right? I just there's just no place for him. He's just the odd man out, and that's it is what it is. Uh, I do I do love how both of our justifications for our picks are just modeled after what the Saints did. Well, <laughs> oh, Jim can be can be uh, Jason Hill. Like, uh, oh, you know, but, backs. <laughs> but for but for the Packers to I mean they did they did they have a great draft? No, I won't defend a draft at all. Right, they draft a middle linebacker, which they need, but they also signed Christian Kirksey yeah. in the offseason. Oh, um, that's right, they did. Yeah, I forgot um, about that. You know, they have the you know obviously the Smith. Uh, you know, they're not actual brothers, but they call you know Packers right. fans call Smith them the Smith brothers. brothers. Yeah, uh, I know. You know, they are you know obviously outside linebackers. Did they need all? They did need an offensive lineman since Brian Bulaga went off to Chargers. Yes, they got that, and the you know they picked three in a row. You know, I'm not defending their draft, you know, the way they drafted rounds one through seven at all. But 
for the top two picks, you have to realize that this is the future. The Packers, you know, they think about what it's going to be like in 2022, 2024. They don't think about, yeah. oh, oh, 2020, and this is, you know, the end of all Rodgers is gone. And I'm just tired of hearing every day this narrative that, oh, Rodgers only has one touchdown ever thrown to a, a one first-round pick, and it was Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Rand- Randall Cobb, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, all second-round picks, all – it all worked out well. All studs for the Packers. It, the yeah. Packers don't draft based off who who the fans think they should draft. They based off who they think is going to provide for the team the next year. Oh, and I totally forgot. We have uh, Marcus Valdez Scaling, who took a downside. You know, he was not that great last year. His rookie, his rookie yeah. season was awesome, right? Right. You have, you have guys who can step up in EQ, Equinamius James, Saint oh, James, or whatever his name guy- is. Yeah, he had a stunt. I, like, I like the start out of that crew the most. Yeah, I mean, look, there are guys, but Equinamius, EQ, he had a stud rookie year. He was hurt all last year, right? It is what it is. But he, if he can come back to somebody at Rodgers' trust, and if Rodgers can get him going again, this Packers team will be fine. As And I'll leave it on this. If you're a Packers fan and you're listening, relax. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Oh, the vintage Aaron Rodgers line. So we'll, we'll get into your Eagles. Let me just say this before I let you go on to a little bit of a rant. Uh, yeah. The Jalen Hurts pick did surprise me. I don't oh, think, yeah. I don't, surprise I don't think it's a bad pick considering Carson's history with injury. I do think yeah. it's a bad pick that you just signed him at you know, 27 years old to, yeah. you know, this yeah. massive contract. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I would love to know why no one is going talking to Carson Wentz, asking him how he feels about Jalen Hurts being drafted and why everybody wants to go after Rodgers to find out how he feels about Jordan Love being drafted. So, You're right about that. That actually is true. That's been, a, that's been a heavy media narrative. So I would love to know that, but I will let you go talk your Eagles draft right now. All right. Well, first I'll, I'll touch on briefly the Packers with you. Um, I, I actually agree with you. Um, I think love pick is good. I think the Packers fans kind of need to get over and suck it up. Like these, these guys, these guys, these legendary QBs, a lot of them don't finish their careers anymore with the team. And that's not to say Rogers is going to be gone this year or next year. I still think he's got at least two, maybe three years left. I mean, what did Favre played three more years after they drafted Rogers before that success? Yeah, right. Exactly. So I think something similar will happen. I think there's still time for Rogers to, to win another. I think him and LaFleur could get comfortable with each other the next couple of years. I just think this was a case of they really like Jordan Love and they realize like, look, this model worked for us before, you know, X amount of years ago. And, you know, Aaron's getting to that time where it's just, you kind of, I mean, the Patriots did this too. Like they drafted Jimmy G pretty high when, you know, Brady was in his mid to late thirties, not knowing, you know, what the future held. And uh, this just, this is just what happens. And yeah, you know, there's a good chance he doesn't finish his career in Green Bay, but he could still win and be successful the next couple of years. Maybe they even get another ring. Yeah. It's just probably going to be, yeah, it's just probably going to be. It's probably going to be over in three years, and he'll probably go somewhere else to try to win again for another year or two. That's just kind of you know, it, it's rare. I mean, Drew Brees is doing it right now. He's probably going to finish his career there. But a lot of these guys, I mean, Brady, Favre, you know, you can even go Joe Montana, Peyton Manning for different reasons. There's yeah. more injury, kind of you know, like. But you know, Philip Rivers. I know he's not in that class, but you know, sort of similar. He's been with one team forever. It just happens this way, like. They don't finish their careers in one place. And 
I don't think you – you I mean, I know Rogers is going to have a big chip on his shoulder, and he's certainly going to go out and try to prove himself, prove them and prove the team wrong. So you're, you're still going to have at least two more years of Aaron Rodgers, maybe even three more years. So – and I, I totally with you on the BS about, you know, the weapons thing. That has never been the problem in Green Bay. The problem in Green Bay has been – you know, you guys had tons of injuries year after year when you were really, when you were really, you know, contenders. Um, and, you know, that was just unfortunate, you know, bad luck. Um, you know, the defense could never either stay healthy or just get up to speed. They had a lot of bad drafts, a lot of, you know, poor secondary players picked um, and not, you know, a lot of lackluster production on the D-line too. They had some O-line issues earlier in Rodgers' career yes. that kind of got shortened up. And then, you know, they, you know, they could never really find a running game either until these last few years. Um, you know, Eddie Lacy, they thought they had that soft for a little bit, then he blew up the five hundred pounds and that didn't work out. And you know, so like that's just kinda I, the receivers have definitely not been the issue. That was always the strength of the team, I thought, with Jordy, yes. you know, and Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and Randall Cobb, and then you James had Jermichael Finley there. James, James Jermichael Jones. Finley before he I mean, broke his neck. I mean Yeah, you know, and, and now Devontae Adams, like that that has never been the issue for me. And I think most logical football fans like us would think Rodgers has had weapons. I don't think that's the issue. Yeah. Maybe you could nitpick here the last couple of years, but that and by and large, that's not the main issue there. So that's that's my two cents on the Packers situation. Um, but going to the birds, <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I have never seen it. You, know, you know, we're not too old, but we've lived long enough to know what you know what generally is said around our, our local team media markets, you, especially in New York, you know, I know you get a load of Frances all the time. Oh yeah. And you know, I listen <laughs> to what they say about all Philly teams around here all the time. I even participate. You know, I call into the radio or, or calling into the sound offline and you know, I get a kick out of it. It's fun to do. Um, but in all, you know, in my 25 years of life, I've never heard so much backlash and hate and disgust after an Eagles, you know, draft or any type of transaction that I've heard over the last week of these moves. I mean, they are getting hammered for this. And I, a few days ago, yeah, Sal Palon, who's, you know, kind of the de facto Eagles reporter, even though he's it's not in his title, but he grew up around here. So he kind of has a special tie to the Eagles. And, you know, Ben Pellet even asked him, like, you know, the Philly fans, I always admire their passion. What's, what's it like there in the city? South Powell said it straight up the same way I'm saying it now. Like, oh, they're getting hammered for this right now. I mean, I have never seen the backlash. And, look, I understand a lot of it. The Rager thing is is more justifiable, and that caused a lot of a stir too. And it, and it only lasted 24 hours because little did we know what happened on the other end of it was way more controversial and was the, it ended up being way more of a problem in terms of the fan base as to what happened in the first round. You know, picking Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, it's certainly not the popular pick in, you know, the mind of, of you know, the casual fan and fans alike, and even some experts. Um, you know, Jefferson's college production was obviously, you know, way higher. He played on, you know, a national championship, one of the best college teams ever, really, in LSU last year, put up ungodly numbers. Um, so on the service that, you know, yeah, you would probably rather have Jefferson just based off the college production, but... I understand their thinking there. I think they really wanted to get, you know, a young, explosive speed guy. And Jefferson's not slow. I mean, he can certainly run, but that's not his MO. That's not what he's known for. Um, and Rager, really, when you watch his tape, re- I mean, he is like I – mean, I think they their dream would have been to get Henry Ruggs, which wasn't going to happen. I mean, they were going to have to trade up, you know, a decent amount to, to have, even have a shot at him, and that probably wasn't feasible. 
But I think they view Rager as kind of a, a Henry Ruggs light um, and that he has the same skill set, maybe you know not as explosive, but can give you that similar kind of production. And we've been longing for a speed guy here for years. I mean, the, the receiver drafts in recent years and acquisitions, I mean, it all worked out the year they won the Super Bowl with the Alshon signing. But, you know, now, you know, with him and Carson, with the, the weird beef that's going on there and, you know, Aguilar had, you know, Aguilar had a great year that year, but certainly fell off this year. Um, and it was time to move on from him. And, you know, I, I love the Deshaun Jackson, you know, re-signing last year. He was one of my favorite players growing up. But, you know, he's older now. And he, we saw he got hurt last year. He barely played. So, you know, who knows how much time he has left. So I get the angle of going after the speed guy at receiver. Um, you know, and time will tell if he's better than Jefferson. You know, I think the need it was greater for the speed guy, but I'm not totally sure if he's just a straight-up better player than Jefferson. I think Jefferson will probably have – a bigger impact coming in at least, you know, in, in year one, and then we'll see how Rager develops, you know, down the road. But um, that pick you can justify, but then the second round pick, man, <laughs> whoo, Jalen hurts. I mean, look, coming from a Jalen hurts fan. I mean, you know, I've always kind of admired Bama and I've liked them um, just because I think Saban's great in the way he recruits. And I think those players are, you know, they oftentimes are the best players and they turn into NFL studs. So, and I like Jalen Jalen Hurts at Bama. Um, you know, obviously wasn't the best passer, but you know did lead the team to the national championship game twice. He got replaced by Tua in that second year. Um, but he, it, I think it showed a lot about his character what he did the next year. You know, coming back to Bama, he just didn't run off and transfer right away. He came back to compete for the job. He lost it to Tua because he's not as good as Tua clearly. Um, but you know that SEC championship game against Georgia that year. Was yeah, I guess it was two years ago, so 2018. Yeah. When when Tua goes down, and you know the roles just become reversed from the championship game last year against the same team on the same field with not quite the same stakes, but similar. And Hertz comes in and does exactly what Tua did, replacing him the year before, leading them from a come from behind win against Georgia. That really showed a lot, I think, about what Jalen Hurts is all about. Um, and so I, from that standpoint, I love the player. I I think he's a leader. Um, I think his intangibles are great. He's a winner. And I understand, you know, when people say like, you know, when you have to bring up those things first as to why you draft the player, it's not always a good sign because are the physical skills there? And I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not just going to sit here and bank on, you know, oh, Jalen Hurts is going to be a great NFL quarterback. I have no idea. I mean, yeah, he improved a lot, you know, his last year at Bama and especially this past year at Oklahoma when he was a Heisman candidate. Um, certainly improved a ton as a passer in Lincoln Riley's offense. We know what he does with quarterbacks. And he's a great athlete. I mean, he runs almost like a running back. He runs different than any quarterback I've really ever seen in terms of, like, he's not the Mike Vick, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, just breathtaking speed type. And he's not even really like Russell Wilson, who's just, like, the ultimate scrambler. He's more like – like, when he runs, he looks like a running back, like a power back almost. Like, he's not crazy fast, but he's fast, and he has his shoulders square, and he runs with, like, a certain power and – you know, just formed it, you know, it, it just looks confident. Um, so I do like him and I think he can help in the, in the Taysom role kind of role. Um, I, I think he can come in and, you know, be a gadget player for who knows, 10, 15 snaps a game. You can turn him into a bit of a receiver. You can make him a running back. He can throw some passes when he comes in, but like, do you do that in the second round? No, like you don't. That's the, that's the disconnect for me. And, and also like, I know you want to have a good backup quarterback and the Eagles now, you know, since, and I love Nick Foles to death forever since we won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Now I think they've got it in their heads where they turn this into an arrogance thing 
and they've made it like, you know what, we're we're the kings of the backup quarterback. We're a quarterback factory. You hear our, our GM Howie Roseman say, like, and now they're to me they're getting a little carried away with it, and they think just because they won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback that they get to do whatever they want at that position now. And they can just pick Jalen Hurts because you can justify it. Oh, well, look what Nick Foles did. So, you know, we need to have an insurance policy. And it's so many elements because I agree with you. I don't I don't really know what it says about Carson. I mean, why sign him to, you know, the, one of the most lucrative deals in NFL history the offseason prior and then go draft a quarterback in the second round? They say they consulted Carson. They said they're going to use him in all sorts of ways. But part of me – thinks you know in the back of my head that this has to be something different they either don't trust Carson to stay healthy long term or they just really like Hurts and they see the way the NFL is going with these mobile quarterbacks and you know multi-dimensional and and all the versatility that he provides you and maybe they think that's a better long-term play maybe they think that Wentz will get hurt again eventually and Hurts will step in and play well and they could just ride out with him I have no idea I don't know and I wish I did know I still love Wentz I think what he did last year, you know, carrying a bunch of no-namers to the playoffs really showed me a lot about him. It was unfortunate what happened to him in the playoffs with Clowney kind of cheap-shotting him in, in the head, and we didn't get to see how that turned out because I think they would have won that game, but we'll never know. And it, it was unfortunate because of what happened to him the, the, years, the two years prior with him having to stand on the sideline watching Foles. Um, but, I mean, I guess, I, I guess maybe they do have some real concerns about his long-term viability. And, Maybe he'll be healthy, but maybe he's not going to play well into his 30s like a lot of these other quarterbacks. Um, but I just think that when – I think when you're you're married to him for that long and you're tied to him with that contract and you saw what he did last year with a bunch of no-namers and you've seen what he's done before with real weapons, I think you know you got a good quarterback that I still think has – you know, the sky's the limit for him. And rather than take another quarterback who, yeah, could help you in a variety of ways, could help you in a Taysom Hill roll, he could be more, you know, you could allocate that pick to, you know, an actual skill position player, an actual receiver that can really benefit Wentz. So the whole thing is puzzling. I like Jalen Hurts, the player, but for us and at that pick in the second round, I, I can't defend it. <laughs> I I just think it has to do more with Jalen Hurts as, you know, is this the guy for the future? I don't think so. But I think it's more of a, hey, we need a reliable quarterback. In the second round, I agree. It's a, a mind-boggling pick. But I do think at some point, Jalen Hurts is going to see the field this year as whether it is a Taysom Hill type role or it is a, hey, I'm going to be starting week whatever, you know, because Carson Wentz is hurt or whatnot. And, I mean, it very well could be that they drafted him because they have – questions about Carson Wentz's health in the future especially I mean he did have that back injury what was it last year or two years ago uh you know I do yeah, think yeah, yeah I mean that is something that you do have to worry about the rest of your career unfortunately so I wouldn't be surprised if you know eventually they're thinking you know they're the wheels are spinning in their head that hey this could be something that comes up later on we did give him this massive deal but you know at some point this, you know, he might not be the same Carson Wentz as you've seen, you know, the last few years. Um, so is there anything else you would like to talk about in the NFL draft before we wrap it up? Well, I will note that I did like the Eagles later round selections. I'll say that. <laughs> I don't know. 
a ton about these guys. Obviously, I don't think a lot of pe- people know. You know, some of the later round picks. There's a few names you'll know, but most of the guys that you're picking, you know, round four or five and after, it's just you know, okay, we'll see. You know, I watched some highlights. I don't know much about this guy, but for everything I've read, it seems like they did have some good value picks in the late round. They had a good, they got a good safety from, from Clemson. Kayvon Wallace, you know, yep. was a long time career. He's a there. stud. He is a stud. Yeah, I will say that. He is a player, exactly. Um, and I knew he was in college, but, you know, I mean, schools like that, sometimes, you know, fringe – not fringe guys, but you don't you don't remember every single player. But I do remember him um, and watching his tape and from everything that I've seen after, I do like that pick a lot in the fourth round. I think he could be a good safety for them. Um, and the two receivers they picked in the later rounds too. You know, they took Rager obviously in the first round, which is getting all the buzz, but – they did take two speed receivers, one guy, John Hightower from Boise, and another guy, Quez Watkins from Southern Miss, I think, who mm-hmm. ran like the second 40 at the combine, I think, only behind Henry Ruggs. So it was kind of surprising he fell to the sixth round. A lot of people were saying in, in a normal receiver draft, these guys are going, you know, third, fourth round. So I do think there was some good value with those picks. We'll see if they make the team because now they've got a bunch of receivers. They're still, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who I think sucks, but it's still <laughs> a second round pick from a year ago who's going to you know have every chance to make the team. Um, but, yeah, I like those value picks in the later round. Wallace, Hightower, Watkins. Um, you know, certainly I think, you know, Wallace will make the team um, and probably one of Hightower or Watkins, if not both. Um, but they can all run, which I like. You know, and this team needs to get younger. They need to get faster. They've clearly made it a priority this offseason. So I think in the later rounds, those were good value picks, even though they're obviously not going to generate the kind of buzz that, Rager, especially the Hertz pick, are, are buzzing with right now. Yeah, I mean, all you could ask for in those later round picks is, you know, they make the team and they provide some sort of value uh, to your team, whatever, you know, your team may be. So that's it for us. Uh, we are happy to be back on the air, even though it'll be for one day and probably won't be back on the air until something happens within the NBA you know, come back, whether they go straight to the playoffs or whatnot, or at least for you and me. I know Tino does uh, the baseball podcast, so he might be on a little bit sooner. But look out for us. You can always follow us on Sneaky Plays on Twitter and follow us at JokerMag.com. Please give us a follow if you can. A lot of big things happening, always coming out of Joker Mag, even in a slow time uh, of cause due to this coronavirus. Uh, but anyways – Morris, have a happy birthday. Yes, sir. It was great getting back to talk to you about some NFL stuff. And everybody else, enjoy, you know, quarantine. Be safe out there. And hopefully sports will be back soon. And we'll be back on the air talking to you weekly. (laughs) 